Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. Damn, that was weak. Welcome back. Welcome in to the Pro Football Pod. I'm your host, Austin. You can find me at Twitter at Austin underscore PFP. It is September 27th, 2022, episode 6. What's going on, boys? We're going to cover some matchups, some news, some fantasy, and some DFS. You guys have a good weekend. What, what you been up to, Justin? I heard you took the girls to Dollywood. Yeah, you know, we went to the Disney of the South, went to Dollywood, hung out a little bit, got some cotton candy, a little bit of dip and dots. It was a pretty solid day for the fam. That's what you like to hear. What's going How's on? going Cody? over there, coach? I lost in my dynasty this week, and I'm pretty upset about it. I still have the most points scored overall, like in the entire league, but now I'm in second place, and I don't know. I'm kind of butthurt, so let's, let's well, just it move really on. Does, it really Keep does things out of your weekend. butt, and they won't hurt. You know, whenever you just Wiseman put all said. this time and effort in. For real. Uh, it our guy Sut's not here with us this week, battling the uh, hurricane down there in Florida, T's and P's to everybody down there. Shelter up. Be safe. We'll hold it down for you, Sut, buddy. We'll get you back next week. So, you know, everybody's these days, Twitter streets are being paid attention to. Athletes and shit get on there, and they like to put off their opinions, which I personally love. Uh, after the Monday night game, OBJ actually tweeted out an ex-giant player so he would know that turf at MetLife Stadium is not doing anybody any favors. Turf in general. Players just hate fucking playing on it because it just doesn't have the give that natural grass does. So you do end up with a lot of those non-contact tissue injuries like Sterling Shepard. He's just running a route not even running at full speed, and he goes to slow down and his knee just pops on him. Now, I don't know if that's the turf, but the fact that it happened in MetLife doesn't necessarily make things any better because I feel like that that field's just cursed at this point. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really think everybody should either be natural grass or this hybrid turf grass that they're starting to do now that I think the... Uh, the Chargers, Rams, um, Cardinals, and Raiders play on, I believe. So the Raiders, because the, the Raiders, they bring their field outside, right? And then they like they water it, they it gets sunshine and everything. So Cardinals do it too at that uh, University of Phoenix Stadium. I feel like that's what these billionaires need to do at this point. Like they need to think about the biggest assets that they have, which is the players. Like Sterling Shepard being out for the rest of the years, it's big deal for the Giants. They were utilizing him. Kadarius Tony looks like shit. Wandale Robinson doesn't hasn't done anything to do to be Richie, a person of interest. Richie James season, baby. <laughs> Who the hell is Richie James? I don't know, but I needed him to get twenty five yards for me last night, and he came through with thirty six. So that boy's a fucking goat in my book. Hey, he's here we go. The San Francisco 49ers. He's uh, he's a deep threat option. He's pretty freaking okay. fast. I thought okay. he was a rookie. Like I, that's that's how far down the list of my knowledge he goes. Like I thought hey, he was a rookie. There's a couple guys out there that aren't looking like rookies that are uh, that are our rookies. Drake London, Chris Olave, right now. I mean, if you want to talk about some players that have some J Jets 
looking type seasons going on. Both of them being rookies, I'm happy to see them kind of pushing each other. I want to say Alave had 146 yards last week on like seven or eight catches. I mean, the guy is just lighting it up. And I can't tell the difference between Drake Lennon and Kyle Pitts. Like, I know they're wearing different numbers, and the numbers do look a little bit similar. But, like, I'm certain that it's Pitts. And then it comes up and it's number five. Like, those guys just look so similar. It must be why they drafted him. They're like, oh, we could just get another Pitts, but we just get him seven or eight picks later this time. Let's do it. Why not? I I, I love the way Olave, and I'm going to say London, I love the way he's been playing. I was not high on him coming out. I thought he was just going to be like, you know, a Kevin White type. He got drafted because of the big body and a little bit of athleticism, but he's going to, when I see him, I think you probably have 86 speed on Madden. And, like, my brain just immediately transfers athleticism to Madden stats I, just because of playing it every day for 25 years. But we got to give a shout-out to Garrett Wilson, too, another rookie wide receiver. Like, he's he's been balling. He's been on a, a Jamar Chase-type pace there in New York. Flacco's really finding the ball. Zach Wilson, I don't think, you know, his production's going to slip off anymore when Zach Wilson comes back. I actually think that'll help Elijah more and more. More, more. I'm just, I'm just glad Jahan Dotson <laughs> finally had an off week so that people stop looking at this guy. I was really hoping to get him like week three waiver wire, and now he's like definitely on someone's team. And hopefully, you can get an easy trade target if, excuse me, if Washington starts to look like they've been looking and they continue to do that, and they put up like negative one yards for the first two quarters on passing then uh, people are just going to drop all their receivers. And Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, two people I'm definitely trying to scrape uh, for that late-season push if I can. Hell shout, yeah. Shout out legit just to, like, the rook, these rookie wide receivers every year. You're getting four or five of them that are just producing. At this point, it's getting to where wide receiver is almost the pr- most pro-ready position coming out of college just by default. Because if you're getting one of those guys in one of the first, first two, first three rounds, like you're normally getting the production out of them well above where they're expected to, and it's every year here lately since OBJ, uh, and that draft class there. I mean, you got Jamar Chase coming in that draft class. Waddle, Jamar Chase, Waddle, Devontae Smith, ballers. C.D. Lamb was a baller his rookie year. Marquise Brown was a baller in that same draft class that year. Like, every year you're getting three, four, five guys that are being drafted, and it's just absolutely insane. I fucking love it. Yeah, I mean, it's the way the uh, the offenses are changing and the way that the NFL's changing. A perfect example of that is the Vikings and how they scheme up their offense now with their new head coach. The Vikings and Broncos, though, they their offensive coordinators and head coaches looked a little bit overwhelmed in their games, but that's also because they're new to their organizations, so it's going to take a little bit of time to get their footing. I heard some news about the the Broncos brought in somebody to be um, some sort of like assistant or a clock management assistant. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I mean, hard. I mean, you only nah, have so many seconds. Game, they specifically need it. brought in to manage the clock. And that blows my mind, to be 100% honest, because, Russ. again, no, not even, no, not even. Back to Madden. 
I guarantee you can drop me in an NFL game and I can do nothing but manage the clock for you. And I guarantee I can do a good job at that. Managing the clock to me in late game situations, the way these coaches overthink this shit sometimes just absolutely boggles my mind. And Nathaniel Hackett is absolutely overwhelmed and he just looks like a deer in the headlights at all points. What's happening is that they're just, that's what it is, is they're being a deer in the headlight for everything else. So then it's just like magnifying the smallest mistakes. That's where I've been so excited about what Mike McDaniels has been doing because of like the opposite. He's a first time head coach coming from a big time system that everyone assumed that Kyle Shanahan was everything. And now the 49ers look like poop, and the Miami Dolphins are potentially the best team in the, in football. They are the best I mean, team in football. They're also struggling at quarterback. They wanted to get rid of that guy. They kept him just for insurance, and now look at him, not doing poop. They didn't want to get rid of him. The head coach wanted to get rid of him, and now he's coaching linebackers for Pittsburgh. Staying on that same topic, though, like because Vikings have a rookie head coach. Broncos, rookie head coach talking about being deers in the headlights mike mcdaniels is the guy in the truck running the fuck over those deers and not caring at all not even looking back don't care about a carcass i'm just going bro like oh a little butt punt fuck it yeah but as a dolphins fan that butt punt is exactly what you would expect to happen except you would expect the team to drive down the field and score and kick a field goal and you just shit away that victory this is a new regime regime down there in Miami. Mike McDaniel is absolutely toying with these people out here. You go in week one versus the GOAT head coach, Bill Belichick, and you route the Patriots. Could have put more points on the board, I truly believe, but I think that they took their foot off the gas in that second half. First week of the season, let's just get out of this game healthy. Second week, you don't want to show you all go your with, cards. No, not at all. Second week, you go up against a Super Bowl winning head coach and future Hall of Fame head coach in John Harbaugh, and you make the comeback of the decade and come back with 28 points in the fourth quarter and absolutely just put on an offensive clinic for everybody. And then last week, you go up against the consensus number one team in the NFL with the consensus MVP front runner, other than Lamar, with Josh Allen. And these, this is a Bills team that absolutely dominated the Super Bowl champions in week one, dominated the AFC number one seed from last year in week two. And then with 90 offensive plays, they're only able to score 14 offensive points. 19, but three, I'm sorry, five points in the whole second half. That's what I, I mean, second half is where football Shout out Josh Boyer. That dude called one hell of a defensive game plan. Guaranteed that man has been doing nothing but finding out how to stop the Bills since we lost to them in our last game last year. That that The way he called that defense and was able to just force Josh Allen into checkdowns after checkdown after checkdown because the coverage on the back end was that good. You held Stephon Diggs, who's been absolutely railing people all year. For 72 yards and zero touchdowns, like a, just an average mediocre game as far as an elite receiver is concerned, nothing else I can really say to that. Like, I'm just, as a, like I said, you know, just being a fanboy for a minute, that 
we've not seen anything like this in Miami or something like this to be this exci excited about in so long. Uh, me truly, I just don't know how to feel about anything. I'm just waiting for the avalanche to come. And it's just, it, it's too good to be true at this point. But man, I just, I'm loving what I'm seeing down there in Miami. Mike McDaniel's boy genius. Uh, he's not the only coach that's coming into a new situation and immediately having success. Uh, Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson going and playing with the Jags and turning Trevor Lawrence into what we all thought he was going to look like coming out of college. Urban Meyer was obviously the issue. Can't kick your kicker and like try to teach, treat, treat grown men like children. That's Coming not how. in the bar. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this guy's a, a total joke, but uh, the Jags are not. And they just turned what everyone thought was, I thought, the Chargers look like a top five team before the season started. And obviously you're without Herbert, but for them to put up the amount of points that they did against that defense and then also stop the offense from really doing anything all day, the Jacks look like they're here to stay. I mean, that, that looks like a potential playoff contender if I've seen one. I, the Jags are absolutely impressing the hell out of me. And I love what I'm seeing out of T-Law that, I found it very weird last year for a guy that was so hyped up from the time he came out of high school. The whole time he was in college, went and won a, a national championship as a freshman, beating Alabama. It was insane to watch. And then last year happens, and he doesn't have a good season at all by any metrics. Yet it wasn't talked about by anyone. It was just, oh, it's the Urban Meyer shit show, and we're giving all of these guys a pass for a season. That didn't happen down in Miami. That wouldn't, ha wouldn't have happened in L.A. with Justin Herbert. That wouldn't have happened in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. That's not going to happen in New York with Zach Wilson. So, like, it just absolutely blew my mind at how much it was not talked about. Yet this season, that you know, started out with, Trevor Lawrence, new offensive system. Doug Peterson, he may, you know, he's got a little bit to prove this year. This, this is his first year that he needs to prove it. And man, three weeks in, he's looking like he is in absolute control of that offense and doing what he wants to. Sunshine. So Sunshine. I feel like uh, this is definitely our point where we want to talk about our angels in the end zone. Uh, our, our players that are like going above and beyond. Trevor Lawrence is definitely one of them for this week. He's unbelievable. Sunshine. He is he is that dude. And then I think the other one's Jalen Waddell. Uh, he's the number two receiver for receiving yards in football. He's got uh, three touchdowns in three weeks. He had a huge play on third and 22 to get the Dolphins to score their final touchdown, to be able to go up and win that football game. I mean, everything that these guys are doing is making it to where their team can win football games. So I think Jalen Waddell, Trevor Lawrence are definitely the angels in the end zone for this week. Another one I'm adding to that list there is Jeff Okuda. Just Ooh. because of the way that boy was able to erase Justin Jefferson from the field last week. You know, Hell Sutton yeah. mentioned it in the last podcast about that's why about Devontae Smith. Smith didn't show up in week one. And Akuda is fucking balling this year. You know, he was one that a lot of Lions fans were 
looking to trade out of there, get out of there, cut your losses. He's a bust. He's not going to work out. And my my guy's been balling this year. I love to see it. I mean, it's Okuda, that whole grit factor. Okuda has been locking shit down, but you also can't blame Jefferson because he was also getting triple coverage on every route he was running. You can watch back the film. Like, he, they were triple covering him. So I, like, with Justin Jefferson's status as an elite receiver going as early as he was in fantasy football matchups, ask me if Randy Moss ever cared about triple coverage. Calvin Johnson. Prime Julio Jones. These are the guys that we're comparing him to. Matt Ryan. Dante, Dante Culpepper. Cole <laughs> hey, like, Culpepper was a dog. No, Don't he you wasn't. get that twisted. We're Dolphins he fans, was. man. You can't talk to us about Dante Culpepper. Oh, Never yeah, again. Y'all had him for a little bit. One season instead of Drew Brees. Man, man that was a sick ad. What's up, guys? We got the first matchup of the week. Dolphins going into Cincinnati to face the Bengals. Man, oh man, after the performance they put up last week, I cannot believe they are plus 3.5 on the spread. Underdogs. This is unbelievable. The over-under is at 47. Man, I am hammering the Dolphins. If Tua's playing, that's a, that's a wrap. I can't, I can't see the Bengals winning this game. I can concur. He sent me his bet earlier to place for him, and bro threw some change down on the fins there. Hey, the PFP Hammer boys, down. the PFP boys will be in Cincinnati on Thursday night football. Come find us, give us a shout, hit us up in the DMs, wall, we'll meet and greet, see what's going on with everybody. The spread is changing as we speak. as we speak as, as we, we speak. speak as we speak let's everybody go. We'll see what it's gonna be updated spread i saw <laughs> some i saw some places the spread was at 4.5 because of Tua's questionable tag yeah and because and he's that's been limited in practice he's gonna play when They're i first all gonna saw play. he, he played the first, second half of that game he's playing the game like that's just what it is mike mcdaniel said that Tua called him at almost 11 o'clock last night just to talk and make sure, like, look, bro, like, I'm good. You can tell I'm good. We're having a conversation. Clearly, I'm okay. <laughs> Are you saying for the head injury or, like, okay for, like, I'm okay? Well, like, I'm ready. McDaniel said Tua was actually getting irritated with everybody because they kept asking about his head. And he was like, I'm telling y'all, my head is fine. My back fucking hurts. I don't that's know what, what you're get, not getting from that. That's what I saw whenever they were on the field. Whenever the coaches ran up to him, the, the trainers, immediately he was like, no, 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 I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And he kept, like, pushing him away from him. He, like He knew the optics of it, though. Like, he knew yeah. I'm wobbling on the field. I just hit my head on the ground. Like, it's not a good look. But McDaniel already said, like, all those guys are most likely going to play. Like, they know the magnitude of the game. They know what they're set up. Like, legit. If the Dolphins win this game and start the season out 4-0, I don't see another clear loss on their schedule for at least another 8 to 10 weeks. Like, yeah, the guys, guys can the, easily the start 12-0. They're playing trap teams. They're playing teams like Minnesota that can always go off. They're playing rough matchups. They're playing Detroit, which nobody knows what Detroit looks like now. Like, they don't know what to expect. And also injuries are going to happen. I mean, the Dolphins look solid. There was no way whenever I bought the tickets to this game that I thought I was going to go see Tua play and the Dolphins were going to be 3-0. and I just, like, I was okay with us being 2-1. and So being 3-0, and being that team, everyone's going to be bringing their best 
against us, I love it. Because Bengals. every time you you watch our players talk, they just talk about how ready they are for the next challenge and how they love getting all of this um, – I can't think of the right word. Hey, but I think the Dolphins have the best wide receiver duo in the league. Name another. I'll sit and wait. I, I, I think there is some argument with maybe some – other wide receiver like Devonte Smith and AJ Brown are absolutely going nope. off, but again, that's another Jalen Hurts is top three in the league in passing, and they're another three and O team. But yes, they also have clearly, one of the best runners in the game, so you also, have to also look out on the for other that. side though. Higgins and Chase are they're a top five receiving duo in the league, in my opinion, one thousand percent. And plus, it's nothing to wipe your nose at. The Bengals are debuting their White Tiger helmets. I thought that's for what Thursday they were doing. night, and that alone fire. is probably why the Dolphins are underdogs. I would that make is. them underdogs with that information. That is. You what do you think? Good, they're just going to be good, blinded. They're <laughs> blinded by the light. I mean, come on. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You play good. The pay's good. You pay good. You eat good, and everybody's Let's trying to go. eat good out here. We try to eat like Zeke, baby. We got a new motto for the uh, for the pod, everybody. No, the, the Deion Sanders coined that eat. back in the day. I, I'd love to say that was mine, but it's not. Yeah. So, uh, second matchup of the day, uh, we got Minnesota going against New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota's minus two point five with a forty three point five over. Uh, this is definitely the matchup that we're hoping for, right? Big. You know, score, nice 30 points to 40 points victory. Isn't that what we're all hoping for? Big fly, high-flying offenses. It would be nice to see Justin Jefferson get in the end zone. You know, it's been a while. It'd since be nice won. for him to get more than one or two catches. I think you're that right, the you're last right. I'm time. Being greedy. I'm being gritty. I'm <laughs> being so gritty. Let's get some more receptions going. <laughs> so the 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 last time that I got really excited about how good a receiver was was week one. Justin Jefferson was so open that I said, quote, you couldn't even see anybody else on the screen. How could you not throw to that guy? And since then, I think he's got three or four catches. So I'm never going to spotlight a player ever again about how good they are because I don't want to ruin anybody's career out here. You know, if Akuda listened to the pod and say, said, bet, <laughs> bet. I think we just need to realize how bad the Green Bay Packers secondary is. You know, Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander has actually stepped up a lot since week one, and they haven't been giving up a lot. That's why I think that they've won the last two weeks, right? Because they beat Tampa and then they beat Chicago week before that. So a lot of that's been due to their secondary kind of keeping it locked down. Russell Gage went off last week, but who wasn't expecting that to happen? Yeah. Well, I I think a key to that this Minnesota New Orleans matchup as well is uh Jameis is back and what's going on with that because last week he did he just did not look like he was comfortable out there um every pass he threw and every you know long ball he attempted just looked like he was straining to do so I mean I'm sure he had some painkillers and stuff like that going on you know helping him loosen up and whatnot but and if he plays like he did last week, I think the Vikings easily should romp them. Now the Saints do have a solid defense, um, and it's a London game, so no prime time, really? Kirk. 
no primetime Kirk. We've got 9.30 a.m. Kirk. So maybe, I mean, that's kind of primetime, right? No, so... Well, prime time, I guess, if you're up at the crack, of it's dawn the only yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the only game that's on, but not like it's but, a, a big deal. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know the lights don't have to be on, so Kirk should be fine. He'll be all right. Has has Kirk never uh, traveled to London? We've never seen him over over across the pond. I don't think the Vikings have traveled to London with Kirk yet. I do. Not this isn't going to so. be good. This is going to be another fucking dud week for Jefferson. London I hope not. I mean, this could be a great game. I might. I might actually say him. I might. Might have to do it because it's not the track record's not looking good, and we're traveling to London. I mean, we're talking about primetime Kirk. Like, you don't draft someone's top five and then sit. You're telling me. You're telling me Justin Jefferson's not wanting to take the gritty over to London and take London by storm with that shit and just do that <laughs> shit all up and down Abbey Road. Come oh, on we talked about that every week now, and what's been happening? He's been getting shut down. And who's he playing this week? Maybe one of the best cornerbacks in the league with Lattimore, dude. Lattimore's great. He shuts great. people down. He gets chippy, too. Evans. I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, he's an, he's, he just gets too aggressive. Hey, don't talk about great receivers and then mention Mike Evans. That guy's a bitch. All right, he he runs Whoa. one of the one, most he, he runs one route. The most one consistent route. receiver no, that man has more now. drops, more drops than any other receiver since he's entered the league. He but is literally the, the man epitome also of inconsistency. Has a thousand yard receiving season in every season that he's been in the league. That's because he catches his, his his he catches his he catches seventy five catch yards at a time. You it's seventy five yards at a time. I mean, how do you not get a thousand? Like it's come so, on. Sometimes people will tell you the long balls are harder to catch than you know the short. Not balls. when you're six foot five. And you just jump higher and than everyone else. Like, he was blessed with genetics. That's just science. He wasn't blessed. I'll say this: Tyree Kill is probably the most blessed person on this planet. He, he is built blessed. like a freaking thumb. The guy is so strong, but he's so small and compact, and he just runs faster than everyone else. He breaks through tackles. Like what? Four two guy is breaking tackles. That's well, blessed. Uh, yeah. A 4-2 guy breaking tackles, everybody's going to take that every day of the week. What I prefer to break my tackles is a refrigerator in the form of Derrick Henry. So Six a refrigerator that also runs at 25 miles an hour coming down the hill at you. There's no stopping that. Hey, and he finally had a week last week. The Indianapolis Colts are going to do their best at doing that. You got Tennessee traveling in to uh, Indy. Tennessee's coming in as the typical dog right now at plus three, which is basically your base. So Vegas to me sees this as an even more of an even money matchup. Tennessee's plus 148 on the money line. That's a little spicy to me because where the Colts last week trapped the Chiefs in the typical NFL trap game that I was talking about last episode, I called it said the Chiefs were going to get trapped by the Colts and we're going to lose by three. Fucking Hulkstradamus strikes again. Let's go. This week, we got the Colts, I think, are going to get <laughs> trapped by the Titans. I think the Titans are being a little overlooked, struggling with an 0-3 Vegas team. Colts are coming off that victory for the Chiefs. They're riding high. A lot of that victory on the Colts, to me, they're special teams. The Chiefs special teams in the beginning of that game, Sky Moore muffed a punt. And then the very next punt, they the Colts downed it at the one. 
and Patrick Mahomes had to try to go 99 yards with it. Like, the special teams for the Colts absolutely balled out, and the Chiefs let them down. To me, that was the X factor in that game. And if your special teams is having to be the X factor in your game for you, probably don't have a very good team. So I would lean the Titans in this matchup. I would take the Titans in the upset. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers said it earlier this week that uh, whenever the Titans lost versus the Bills, yeah, on Monday Night Football, yep. it, and everyone was starting to count the Titans out, he said, uh, "Is are they still getting coached by Mike fucking Vrabel? Because this man, he's a yep. legit god at coaching. I mean, he's... He's going to coach him up. I, I, I agree with you. The plus three, minus three, they see this as kind of an even matchup. I think that Tennessee and Indianapolis are so similar to the same type of team. I mean, Indianapolis is trying to run it. Tennessee's got Derrick Henry. They play, play good defense. Exactly. They uh, The big difference is that Tennessee doesn't have that number one option. The same way that uh, Indianapolis does. They don't have the Michael Pittman. Traylon Burks can get there, but he's not there yet. So I honestly, I disagree with you. I think Indianapolis is going to have enough to pull this out. I think that at home, they're a little bit embarrassed by the first two weeks. And uh, that they have to show up for the fan base at this point. Coach, see, uh... coach versus Justin. Uh-oh. Hulk Stradamus versus Coach. Uh-oh. Hulkster Dom is going to take over. You watch this. I'm going to have to hey, this I, I want to see it. And then I'm going to get mad at the end of the year that I didn't actually bet on all of my stuff that I predicted and realize how much money I missed out on, and I'm just going to set my house on fire. So which running back do you think gets more yards in this game? Because we have, I think, two of the best running backs in the league, fantasy-wise, running back-wise, team-wise. Like They are the dudes for their team. I think Derrick Henry gets more yards simply because Tennessee has shown the want to as far as forcing him the ball, essentially. They're, they'll be down 10 points, and he's still getting four to five carries on a drive. Just because typically when he touches the ball, it's not hard for him to get five or six carries or five or six yards on one carry for a pickup. I I'm think you're right. five to six yards of play every time. Whereas I think, that- I think with the Titans they focus in more on JT and force Matt Ryan and his noodle arm to beat them. We said that, but then about Derrick Henry and he can run against anybody, but then he plays the bills who is a good defense and bills have we the couldn't number even one get 25 yards out of it. It's okay, not the best defense. That. The that's best. what, that's what I'm, that's my point though. The Indianapolis Colts have a pretty solid defense. And so if they show up, who's to say they can't hold him back. The reason that it happened to the the way that it did whenever they played the Bills was because of the offense, not the defense. The defense stopped the Titans twice and put up 14 points after. That's all that it takes whenever you have the best offense and the best defense. Then all of a sudden this rushing team that's good at defense isn't able to get back in it. That's where the Dolphins aren't built like that. They're built to be a defensive team that'll stop you, but then they also have the offense to put up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and win. Titans are never going to be that team. They're just going to have to run with their Henry. But Tannehill's not scaring you with his arm. Ever. And if you're not scared with the quarterback and they have a dominant running back, you're loading that box with eight guys, seven guys minimum, and 
you're just forcing the quarterback to make plays. And we saw Tannehill got pulled in the third quarter because he just couldn't get so, hey, put the rookie in and let's see what he's got. Exactly. Now, granted, the game was out of hand. You're probably pulling your starters anyways like the Bills did because you're not coming back. And the way the game was going at that point, Tannehill wasn't going to lead a Tua-style comeback. So that, to me, was the X factor and why Derrick Henry was a no-show on Monday Night Football there. Whereas the Colts, yes, the Colts do have a very solid front seven, but Darius Leonard still being out for them is a big hole in the middle of that defense. And because he's a guy that can keep up with Derrick Henry out of the backfield as far as, you know, swing routes and flats and shit like that. But he's also a thumper in the middle that if he can get by DeForest Buckner and them boys up front, Darius Leonard's there for him, and they just don't have that. So if he can get past that defensive line, he's looking at seven to eight yards of carry every time. So I easily think Derrick Henry can clear 85 yards probably before the fourth quarter even starts. I can see I that think, happening. I think to answer your question, uh, Derrick Henry gets more, but I think it's because of Michael Pittman. I think that they don't have to rely on Jonathan Taylor like they did last year. I think that a lot of people that took Taylor number one overall, unless this offense can figure out how to get into the red zone on every drive, they're not going to get the value that they want out of him, unfortunately. But he's still going to be a great guy unless he gets hurt. I, I, I see there being a team that puts up 25 to 35 points a game, though, once they're playing at like full capacity as an offense. So our next matchup we got is kind of a snooze fest. It's the Chicago Bears going into MetLife Stadium to get on with the New York Giants. Somebody's going to tear their ACL that game. Goddamn right. I mean, that, <laughs> Not again. it's just an injury-prone stadium. It's statistically known for that. So we got the spread at minus 3.5 in favor of the New York Giants. And the over-under is at 39. Nothing too impressive about this game. Saquon hopefully should have a great game, but I do see that defense being able to stop him a little bit. The Bears Bears do have a good defense. They bear down, you know. After seeing but. what Zeke and Tony Pollard did, a big Khalil Herbert game coming here. Montgomery's out. Herbert's got that RB1 workload. Big Khalil Herbert game coming here. If you've got Khalil Herbert props, Khalil Herbert's riding on your bench. He's sitting on your waiver wire. You need to go snatch him up because he's going to eat versus this Giants defense next week. Fields, he's the man's completing less than 10 passes a game. That's absolutely insane. This is not 1960. I do not know how they've even won games to this point, but somehow they have. The well, Giants it was, are not It was good the rain. Me. The rain from that, that San Fran game was not, ridiculous. Yes, okay, the rain from the first yeah, game. Yeah, but even the okay, last I'll two games, though, but the still, stats yeah. on that those passings, exactly yes like his stats haven't there. improved and the weather has been fine so i do not know what is happening with chicago and justin fields they need to figure it out but from what i watched from daniel jones it's not much better especially with sterling shepherd going out now and being out most likely long term for the year Kadarius tony still questioned for Kedarius the uh, for week still four questionable kenny galladay is just absolutely needs to be on America's top 10 most wanted because that guy is stealing $72 million in front of America every weekend. Is Darnell Mooney quest, uh, droppable? 
If you, uh, redraftable? I, Absolutely. I mean, uh, yes. what are you going to wait for the 30-point game one time for like you to hold on to him all year? Like If he's 10 passes, not 10 targets, he's probably getting 3 or 4 targets, but 10 passes in a game is never going to be enough for a receiver to eat. In a redraft league, the only player I'm keeping on the Bears right now would be Khalil Herbert. David and, Montgomery, if he's healthy. David, well, David Montgomery's questionable. So it's a knee ankle injury. We still don't know anything yet as far as whether or not he's going to play. It's unlikely that he plays because he's David Montgomery. He doesn't play well hurt uh, statistically. So I'd rather see them just ride Khalil Herbert. But I also have Khalil Herbert, so that's probably a little bit greedy. Hey, it's okay to be greedy. Hey, that's hey, that's what we're here, right? Uh, <laughs> speaking about being greedy, we got Buffalo versus Baltimore. Uh, this is going to be one hell of a matchup, probably. Uh, Baltimore, they, they've got the offense. They've got the defense. You know, we'll see what happens uh, as far as, you know, where we're at for this game. But what are we being greedy go. about? Please clarify. Huh? What are we being what greedy you... about? Buffalo. Oh, okay. Another good matchup. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Same as the Dolphins and the Bills game last week. I am shocked, absolutely shocked, that they are not giving us Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson for Sunday night football or Monday night football this week. I am. It's a shocked. one o'clock game. Now I'll a say one this: one o'clock game on CBS, most <laughs> likely going to be Nance and Romo. So you're going to get the number one CBS team, but like, give me. Lamar versus Josh Allen on Monday night over Stafford and the Rams versus Jimmy G and the 49ers. Like, that's All what right. you're making yeah. me watch on Monday so, After I just got done having to watch the Cowboys versus the Giants, this is hey, what you're giving me for Monday night hey, you, football? You watch that tone, boy. I don't know who negotiated these games for ESPN, but they need to be fired immediately because all of these Monday night football games are absolute dog shit. So as much as we bitched about it last week, if we played Josh Allen at 8.30 instead of 1.30, I don't know if we win that football game. Like, because straight up. Sun. That's because a good Well, point. not the sun. The heat. I mean, it was – you saw how exhausted they were the, in the third quarter? It was quarter. so funny seeing them guys you bent what, over though? just begging you know what, for air Because we're from there. We know what it's they like. They had no problem yeah. with the heat. When it was 95 degrees last year and they beat us 35 to zero, there was no well, problem with the heat then. Last year, that's because year. they the they had it in the back hey, all hey, game. Hey, hey, last year was not this year. You got Tyreek Hill. Y'all are goaded. Let's go. Let's ride. Now he speaking of being injured very often, we're good. So uh, going back to the matchup, uh, Buffalo is traveling to Baltimore, so it should be a lot. A lot cooler up there in Maryland. Uh, it's going to be minus three for Buffalo uh, with a 52.5 over. I am expecting that over to be way too low. Way too low. I mean, this is going to be a big, high-flying game. Buffalo Bills put up 400 yards, and they only put up 19 points last week. That was a mistake on their end. They're going to scheme better against the Ravens, and the Ravens do not match up against us at all. Everything that every... Buddy said as an analyst after week two was that Baltimore has the worst secondary in the league. And of course the Dolphins were able to torch them. So we're going to see the Buffalo Bills do the exact same thing because they have Stefan Diggs. 
McKenzie might not play. Uh, he's still questionable. But Gabe Davis, uh, I think that he lost his questionable tag after playing last week. He should be good to go this week. This is two of the top three best running back quarterbacks in the league. Running quarterbacks. Is absolutely you know? an elite matchup. Like, yeah. And the thing with Lamar, too, is with the way the Bills defense is, like, just solid overall and, you know, uh, T's and P's to Micah Hyde. Hate like regardless of him being a rival, I love his game. Like I've loved Micah Hyde even coming out of college at Iowa. Uh, I just love his game. I love his passion. Uh, he's one of the smartest DBs in the league, and I don't really think that's up for much debate. Uh, hopefully, you know they get a little bit of their defense back there, but I see Lamar this being another guys just hop on my back and let's ride. And Lamar's throwing three touchdowns, running for another one, looking at about 80 yards rushing simply because he has to because that Bills defense is going to get after him and force him out of the pocket. And it's Lamar's just one of those guys, man. Once he gets out of the pocket, pick your poison. You're either going to give him 15 yards of green grass because you don't want the deep ball going over your head or he's going to bait you into coming up and he's just going to pop it over your face to Mark Andrews for a solid 25-yard gain. Like the way the guy's playing this year, to me – this is the MVP front runner matchup. The Andrews has game, been lights out. The winner of this game instantly will j- vault to MVP front runner number one between Absolutely. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Uh, Jalen Hurts is still in that combo. People don't want to put two in it because of you know he throws left handed. So obviously he's gay. But, you know, he'll be in there sooner or later. But I think that those are the three. And what's funny is that uh, nowadays, if you're not a young quarterback that can run and throw the ball, then don't even think about talking to me about MVP in the first half of the year. But we're just going to give it to Aaron by the end anyways. (laughs) If Aaron Rodgers pulls out another MVP, like, there's nothing more you can – don't even bitch about the guy not showing up for training camp or anything. Like, Like, my God, if the guy pulls off another MVP. Like that ayahuasca. See, my MVP favorite coming into the year was Justin Herbert. Now, with his, just because of the way the league's been going, other than Aaron Rodgers the last couple years, before so, it was the second, third-year quarterbacks making their jump, and they were getting vaulted into MVP status. So that's why Herbert was my pick for MVP this year. Now, you they're going up, they're getting... I would say another little off week, but they just got their asses absolutely handed to them by Jacksonville. Justin Herbert's ribs aside, that L.A. defense should not be allowing 38 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care how much we talked about the Jags at the beginning, about how much they've turned it around. And Doug Peterson's looking solid. Maybe they are legit. But if you're a team that is a top five Super Bowl favorite for most people especially in the media this year you do not allow 38 points to the jacksonville jaguars i don't care what's going on with your quarterback's ribs if he's out there and he's playing that needs to be a victory i don't it may be a little closer than you would like but you cannot go out there and absolutely get dog walked by the jaguars and then this week they're going into houston now they're getting a minus 5.5 spread that's because they're going to have Keenan Allen back, and that's going to be a big deal for them. Uh, they're that's actually going to be a, a full football team with a full offense and a full defense. Uh, I don't think Herbert's injury will be as big of a deal. Houston's not known for their pass rush. Uh, they're not really known for much except for Davis Mills and, and Brandon Cooks. 
hey, I do think they Davis turned Mills things around. Love. I love it. Hey, I do think that Houston turned things around. Houston, yeah, yeah they look good. I mean, I me I picked them to win last week. I can't I'm, believe that they let I'm Chicago really route them. It, it was obviously Khalil Herbert, but like I, I still like Chicago is not a team that should be beating anybody in the NFL, throwing ten times a game. Like that's just that's not how you should like you shouldn't be able to win. I'm gonna be really we, upset if Lovey Smith ends up being a one and done coach this year, and he's just a placeholder for the next guy. Like I'm, I've been really impressed with the way Houston's been playing this year, and the way Lovey Smith has just galvanized his group as far as you know what boys we're counted out in every game everybody's picking us to finish last in the league this year let's just go out and play ball and have fun and that that to me it reminds me a lot of what the dolphins did during the tank season when they won more games than they probably should have because lovey's got his team playing like that they're just out there balling getting paid to play a kid's game and it's showing and i i fucking love it I think that's the mentality that these three teams that we had coming into the season in this one tier, the bottom tier of the NFL, is the Jags, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. Those three teams are the worst teams in the NFL, but they're playing like they have nothing to lose, and they're showing that they can be in this league and compete with the top dogs. Speaking of them, I mean, Detroit is taking on Seattle Seahawks. And for the first time, is it the second time that they're favored? This is, and this time I mean, it's not just one and a half points. They're favored almost five points right now. Favored by a good margin, my guys. Let's go, the Fighting Dan Campbells. That is insane. I mean, I, I'll take them all day. You know, they are the best covering spread team in the league. I'll take them. You know what? I'll I will take. take I will take gritty all day over gritty. All day long. <laughs> gritty yeah. over gritty, baby. They got that gritty, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the over-under is a whopping 50. So they're looking at 25 from each of these teams. No defense is what they're saying. No defense. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are hurt. To, so to see this spread at still f- minus 4.5 is kind of unreal. Same thing as Tua. Amon Ra came back in in the second half and played, so he's 100% going to play. It's questionable because he's still being limited in practice, but he's going to show up and he's going to play in the game. Um, I don't know about uh, Swift, though. I'm putting in Jamal Williams. uh, Dan Campbell said they've actually talked about um, resting Swift for a couple weeks through the bye It's a good idea. I, I, I'm going to put in uh, Jamal Williams on, on my squad like because if there is no DeAndre Swift, there it's the it's one of the best offensive lines in football. You have to put the running back behind that line in. Like it's just stupid not to. They're going to give it to him in the red zone seven times that game. Damn straight. Dan Campbell style. <laughs> With the way Seattle's been playing lately, like you said, Austin, just a team that's just out there balling, having fun. Geno Smith just out here putting up dots that throw the DK Metcalf in the end zone last week versus the Falcons dot right where it needed to be. Now at the end of the game, he also threw a dot to the wrong team and sealed the victory for the Falcons. So that's also what you're getting there. I would, 
I like the lines in this matchup. I don't really see Seattle upsetting them at home in Detroit, but again, it is the Lions. So it's one of those like, this is what you gave me last week, but I got this the week before, and then I got this the week before that. So they're kind of <laughs> like the buffet of teams. Like, are they you have saying all of the fixings there? You just don't know what you're getting that day. Are you saying that the Detroit Lions have had so much success this year that they're actually undervaluing the Seattle Seahawks? They're taking another team and being like, you know what? This is an easy one. We got this one in the bag. A team that might have so. won three games all of last year. And they're so. already just so cocky, just so fucking dick hard, ready to go. It's With the grit. injuries. With injuries. It's the grit. You know, another northern... Home. Northern Dick Hard team, probably going to be the New York Jets riding it Dick Hard uh, after what they did last week. It's probably too many times saying Dick Hard. But uh, yeah, they've got minus 3.5 to Pittsburgh. Uh, I am a little bit surprised there. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have not looked like they're a winning football team. And I think that they're just getting the points because of Tomlin. That's it. And I think that Zach Wilson, there's there's rumors that he might be coming back this week. Uh, we're not really sure yet. Um, it's still like yeah. it's a questionable status, or is he coming back? Blacko's projected zero points, and I picked him up in one of the sleeper leagues, so I'm looking to drop him. If yeah, Zach yeah, that's because he's questionable. He was back at practice doing drills and things like that, not like a full go, but I do think he'll be back. And I actually do like the Jets as well in this game to upset the Steelers, just especially if the Steelers start Mitch Trubisky. Like, if, if Kenny Pickett was starting, I probably would feel a little bit different just because of the hype a rookie quarterback will give you, like, going in and just... Not having any tape on him. Up, but you don't you don't know what you're going to see with, if, with Kenny Pickett. You know what you're going to see with Mitch if Trubisky. If I'm having to pick between even Flacco or Zach Wilson or Mitch Trubisky, I'm picking one of the Jets quarterbacks, especially with the way Trubisky's been looking this year. And I... There's one of those games, it's 40.5 on the spread, so they don't see many touchdowns being scored in this game overall, but I would have to lean the Jets on the road. I, th I think the Steelers are honestly getting most of their spread there just because of being at home. I agree. I think it's a little bit silly, too. I mean, Pittsburgh's a place you don't want to necessarily go play, and they do play better there. Big Ben was notorious for winning every game in Pittsburgh, but then losing almost every single game on the road. I don't know if that had more to do with the team or more to do with Big Ben not being able to play like outside of like his home environment. Last time we saw the Steelers playing, it was a topic of conversation whether or not they should be throwing picket in because of how they were looking. So it's I'm curious when to see when they're when they're gonna throw him in. So Mike Tomlin was asked after the game, uh, are you even questioning? And he said definitively no. It's not even close okay. for him. The thing that I don't like that the media keeps bringing up Kenny Pickett is because we don't get to sit there and practice. We don't get to see this guy competing against the ones or the twos, making plays, making reads. Like The NFL game moves very quick. He was a fourth-year senior. I think he's going to be NFL ready when he's NFL ready, and I trust Tomlin to not rush somebody in. He had all these guys behind Ben and never wanted to put one of them in. Because none of them were ever ready. Pickett is also 24 years old. So he's older than most rookie quarterbacks that get drafted. Period. That's what I'm saying. He's not a rookie. He's a fourth-year senior. It's a big deal. But he's still not ready yet. He's think, obviously not there. I think this game versus the Jets, if Trubisky struggles and struggles hard, 
he could either be pulled this game or this could be his last game starting if they don't win to me handedly like it needs to be a comfortable victory for them in order for if i'm a steelers fan to feel good moving forward most steelers fans are already calling for picket which most teams will with a rookie quarterback. They always just want the shiny. You just want to toy. see what exactly what's he look like, and I and, get that. But that's because we don't get to see it. The coaches do. That's why I'm and not if you're worried. Losing if you're losing games, you might as well throw him in there and see what he does and see what he's got, so that you know whether or not you got a guy, so that you need to look in the future if you need to go for another guy or not. Until it's the easy. last two minutes. And you're down by more than two touchdowns. The precedent has been set. You are not losing a football game. The Jets came back down by 14 with less than three minutes it's happened left. Quite the a, Dolphins quite a came back. So, like, that's what we're, we keep saying. You've lost the game. and But, like, they have not given up yet. These teams are still fighting. I love the NFL. And I hate college football because of the level of competition. It's the same I, reason. Like, the level think, of competition on every game. The freaking Houston can be playing against the MVP caliber team, and they still might beat them. Like, it's that's what the NFL is. Any given Sunday, baby. I think Mike Tomlin just sees that where Mitch Trubisky was drafted ahead of Pat Mahomes and stuff like this, and is just waiting and hoping to see that talent show. But it's just, I don't think it's going to be coming around. He's a decent quarterback. He gets, like, the job done in a way. But, like, he's not that exciting, and he looks like and seems like he should because he's got the talent for it. It's really surprising. Now, a little bit of insider information for those that might put some money down on this game. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is also in concussion protocol right now. It's a four-day process. Uh, He could likely be ready to play, and he will likely be ready to play, but if he's not... that does and you're able to hit some this game. TJ Watt and Minka are out. You're too. They're going. They players. lost. It's it's over. It's game over. If they lose both of them, they're never winning. There, there's no way. Now, so uh, my upset, spread. my this is my actual trap game. Pay attention to of the week. Jacksonville at Philadelphia. I know, I know. Oh, Philly's 3-0. They're shit. looking like absolute ballers. Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. But I think this is a big stepping stone game for the Jags, too. You know, they're starting to get talked about a little more after what they just did to that defense of the Chargers, putting up 38 points on them. If you can go into Philadelphia and keep that game close and make the Eagles a little nervous, that's a big step for your team there. And I... I wouldn't be fully shocked to see the Jaguars end up unseating the Eagles this weekend at a one o'clock game in Philadelphia, Philadelphia at home. Weird shit just tends to happen to them. Sometimes weird mistakes just tend to happen. And I think the way the Jacksonville's defense has been playing, not even so much their offense, but their defense, you shut out the Colts in week two. And then in week three, you put up 38 points on the Chargers and hold, granted, a banged-up Justin Herbert, but you hold them to 10 points? That's insane. Like, the that defense is playing out of their mind right now. Josh Allen coming off the edge. Like, they've got a bunch of no-name guys on that defense, but the way it's being schemed up right now, Jalen Hurts could vault himself again into 
the topper layer of MVP status with another stellar outing here. To me, though, it's one of those games as an Eagle, you should win. But also as a Jaguars fan, don't go in there playing not to lose because I do think you could end up, uh, you know, upsetting the Eagles here and shocking everybody and becoming the talk of the NFL for at least all of next week. I mean, based off of what they did last week against, uh, we've been saying it all all episode, top five team, not top five offense, not top five defense. We thought maybe the best defense and could have been the best offense. Like that's where they, their potential was going in. Jacksonville winning that game in Los Angeles, right? In Is this Los two Angeles. two honest, road games? I'm honestly I mean, shocked <sighs> that the Eagles aren't more than a minus six point five spread. I feel I like agree. with the way they in Philly playing, though. I, I don't, in Philly, it's still too early. In Philly, okay, but it's rough. Think about it this way: if you're giving the home team, automatically gets three points. So a neutral field, Philly is only minus three point five versus Jacksonville. The books, the books are looking at what the Jags and, have been doing. Well, also, though, you got to think about it too. Just be be a human for a second. Not even an NFL player. You have to travel from Jacksonville to LA to play a game at one o'clock. I bu- they played at four, I believe. Yeah, it was a later game. You have to travel to LA to play a day game. Then, within that those next five days, you have to travel back to the East Coast to play arguably the one of the top four teams in the entire league right now. Like, so for me, I I I feel like the Eagles should be at like a minus ten point five, minus eleven type of spread here. So if I'm seeing plus 6.5 for the Jags, might wait for it maybe to get up to plus 7.5, plus 8 if you can. But I I wouldn't be mad at plus 6.5 on that spread for the Jaguars. I mean, what if we're seeing Trevor Lawrence as the new Joe Burrow and carrying this team and could be seeing him in the Super Bowl this year, you know? It's not, the, it wouldn't be something that would shock me. With the way he was hyped up call, coming out of high school and college. Number one overall pick. Justin Second, second Lawrence, year player. Trevor Lawrence should be having the same type of hype that Justin Herbert is receiving. Similar body builds, similar game style, similar throwing motion. Justin Herbert has two solid receiver one and a receiver two with a top three running back uh, out of the backfield as well. I think that Trevor Lawrence is doing it without all of those things. Travis Etienne hasn't looked like shit. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are playing solid right now. Yeah, they are. Everybody was shitting on him for getting overpaid this season. And yeah, they were overpaid for, you know, who you were getting at that time. But my God, those guys are absolutely playing like a number one and number two receiver on that squad there. He he lost LaVisca Chanel, and I thought that was one of his biggest weapons. So it's he, he had a big touchdown this week uh, with Carolina. He's a huge guy to bring in for them, though. That is huge. A real good feeling piece. The next game we have up on our slate is going to be the Cleveland Browns going into Atlanta to face the Falcons. The Falcons are underdogs. By 1.5, and the over-under is at 49.5. So they're saying this is going to be another big scoring game. And I don't I don't think this would be that high of a scoring game. I'd be scared of that over-under. And I'm also scared of that spread because Atlanta Falcons have not backed down from any team this year. They're also – they remind me of the Jags, but they're not as good. Like, 
Mariota's doing what he can, and you got Drake London putting up some serious points. I just, I don't know. I don't think the Falcons can stop that run game of the Browns. And so nobody I can. Chubb, Chubb will have a huge day. That's the but X factor there. I'll, for me, I'll take the that, Browns there. That Browns running game is the X factor. If you can stop the Browns running game, I like the Falcons in this game to upset at home. Chubb has looked like the number one running back in the in the league right now. He's been the number one running back statistically, like by all like advanced metrics for the last like three seasons. The yeah. guy averages like six to seven yards a carry, and that is just absolutely unheard of in the NFL. Over like his, his career, he's number three. Four yards a carry is a decent, like solid starting caliber running back. And this it's guy to the is point, dwarfing those stats. It's to the point where the team that actually runs the ball more than almost anybody else, and we're still saying that you're not giving the guy the ball enough because he gets five yards every time. Like, that's now, how good he too, is. The Browns do have a top seven O line. Like the Browns offensive line is very, very good. I think that the reason this over under is so high is because the Falcons defense is really, really lacking. So they're thinking that Jacoby Brissett is going to be able to get Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Joku going on top of Hunt and um and Chubb. So that scares me a little bit on like obviously you start Chubb. Like, there's no universe where you don't start him because of the touchdowns, but you're really hoping that they give him those red zone looks because otherwise they might not get as much running in uh, as they normally do. Also, the Browns are coming off a... They just played Thursday night football, so they're getting an extra three days versus what the Falcons are getting preparation-wise. Yep. And that is always beneficial. Always. What about the receivers in that game? You guys like uh, Cooper this week still? I mean, it doesn't I honestly look like, like the Falcons have that good of a secondary. This. this is one of those games, like for me last week, the Falcons and the Seahawks were one of those games, prop betting wise and fantasy wise, was actually really sneaky. And this is another one of those games for me. I like, agree. I could see Cooper, Njoku, Chubb, Hunt. On the Brown side, I could see Najoku had a massive game. London. Let's talk about that. Kyle he finally Pitt. had a game. He finally, finally had a game. Had a great game. So I mean, is that someone you think like? Can you? I've that was those do games it two that have weeks been in a row for the last few no. years, where he gives you two or three of those a season. This is. It seems like this game will be. He'll think, be hurt. And think, oh, he. This is where it comes. He's going to turn it on here. This is when we're getting the athletic Njoku. Like, and this is coming from a Hurricanes fan. He is like, one I of want the most nothing more than Njoku at, to be in a dominant tight end. I mean, and shredded. Just, I've just seen shredded. too many games where he goes off like he did Thursday night, and then the next two to three weeks, you're getting three catches for 33 yards on five. It's times. not his fault. It's not Jacoby Brissett's fault. It is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's fault. That offense has the two that's the best running back tandem in the league, and they utilize it. They had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., and they still were like, well, we actually have the best running back tandem in the league, so we're just going to keep running them. I will say to that, though, after watching how he has been playing in Carolina this year, I truly believe Baker Mayfield was the cause of 
all of the Browns' worries. At first, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. OBJ's a little bit of a diva. Jarvis is his best friend, so you hurt his feelings, you hurt mine. He got traded yeah. halfway through training Chubb. camp. Like, they barely Chubb. had OTAs. I, I would I'd give Hunt. Baker a little bit of time before we judge. Chubb and Hunt are still playing at an elite level. OBJ was playing very solid for the Rams before he got hurt last year in the Super Bowl. Jarvis Landry is playing very solid in New Orleans down there. Like so, for me, I think it was like the scheme, though. That's part of it. Baker has it, been playing on, in is Jarvis doing solid? He is. Last week he got hurt, uh, and Olave went off. But the first two weeks he was like the most targeted player on the team. He, him, and Michael Thomas murdered the first two weeks. Last week, Jabu just like he did Jabu things. He he totally just took a week off. Was like, I don't need to prepare and try hard this week because I'm gonna get paid no matter what. Speaking about getting paid no matter what, Carson Wentz is going over to Dallas. Uh, he's going to be uh, given three and a half points in the hopes that that's enough for them to be able to try to squeeze out a win with a team with no starting quarterback. So 42.5 hey. over. Hey, I mean, he's looked good, boy. He has. He's looked that solid. Wasn't a quarterback controversy. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, they don't. This man's been there yes, for years. He knows the system. He's a game manager. He's got two. The second best running back tandem in the league is definitely Zeke and Pollard at this point. Pollard is electric. And Zeke is not as electric, but his just savviness as a runner, he's always just been that good. I, this is going to be, he honestly, one of those games to watch because Dallas is going to put up points, which is going to force Washington to put up points. The, if the big thing is going to be that pass rush, if they can stop Carson Wentz from being able to get four and a half seconds to just throw the ball as far down the field as he can, then uh, they might not be able to move the ball all day. I look for Terry Mack and Curtis Samuel to absolutely eat this week. If Carson Wentz can get the necessary protection versus Micah Parsons and that Dallas pass rush with the way they've been playing, especially watching them on Monday night, Daniel Jones was just running for his damn life every time he got the ball. But Trevon Diggs, for all the hype the guy got, and yes, he got the game-sealing interception at the end, got to run to the end zone, look at the camera, throw his hands up, pump his chest, all that. Buddy, sit down. You allowed 146 receiving yards in that game from Daniel Jones. <laughs> so Terry Mack and Curtis Samuel are absolutely going to eat in this game if Carson Wentz has any kind of time to get them the ball. Because Trevon Diggs will get you the interceptions and the guy can make plays on the ball because he was an ex-wide receiver and he's got the ball skills. But the boy also allows yards all up and down that field. And that's just, in a game like this, an NFC East division rival matchup, you can't allow those yards in between the 20s to just allow them to get into field goal range and shit like that constantly. I don't think the Cowboys should have won by as little as they won by last night. Granted, I know it was still about a touchdown. Felt like they probably, with the way the game was. It was more looked, than a touchdown. It was they, a touchdown. They should have it? won by two touchdowns or at least two possessions. And the fact that they let the Giants just hang in that game to them, I could see this being the Cooper Rush come back down to earth game and this being like a 23 to 17 victory for the commanders here.
you got to remember that the uh, Giants were 2-0 coming into this game, and people were pretty hype about them. You know, I was one of very few people that were hammering the Cowboys. The you Giants know, I, were I saw what our defense can do, and the, we're we're holding elite teams. You you need to watch that tape again okay. against okay. the Cowboys okay. against Tampa Hold and on. them holding the GOAT to, okay. you know, field goal after field goal after field Hold goal. I mean, you guy. can't say that after he's, Listen. like, scored one touchdown all season, I think, maybe two. So, like, it's not like you guys were the only ones that held him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's rough. But we, we scared him. You know, we scared him. Scared his britches off. His well, britches. You now you're talking to like look, Tom Brady. You also have to look at... <laughs> I kissed my son, too. <laughs> you also have to look at the Giants and who they've played. They beat they the play? Titans, who okay. that's a, got that's their a pretty ass good defense, by Buffalo. Good and struggled on a two-point victory versus an 0-3 Las Vegas Raiders team. So the Titans, to me, that's not a very successful win. They, I think it is. Like I said, the way they looked versus Dallas, I feel like they should have got smashed out. Do you remember that the Titans were in the AFC Championship last year, was it? The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year. That is correct. And then they lost to the Bengals, which knocked them out. But up until that point, they looked like a dominant team. Their defense was dominant. Their offense was dominant. And they beat a Baker Mayfield-led Carolina team by three. Yeah. That defense has also been stepping up to the plate, though. That We knew that from last year. And this year, the three game sample size we have. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I they, don't. They stopped the Saints from doing anything. I understand you know wanting anything. to give this victory a little more weight than what it should have. We're Dallas, and we just beat a two and zero division rival with the back. But let's pump the brakes on the Giants a little bit. I don't think anybody's thinking that they're going to have a Cinderella season or anything like that. Daniel no, Jones that. has looked like absolute shit. Now, like the Dallas should absolutely should absolutely win this game especially playing at home again. Like, how many freaking home games did the Cowboys get at the beginning of the year this year? This is ridiculous. But, I again, would It is kind of not- crazy that they're minus 3.5 on the spread, though. That is, like, kind of absurd when they have a backup quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Like, like it, it's a little bit, like, again, they expect... What? Like, I mean, it's, you're, you're I, think it's straight, I think you're it's getting straight three that defense. points for being at home. So yeah, Vegas sees points. this as an even matchup. For the it. most part, yeah. Now, uh, I, I think well, that over under 42.5, that seems scary. I, I, I want to say that it's way too low, right? They're like, this should be a total blowout of a game. It's all going to depend on Dallas and them, their ability yeah, to go up. I don't, I don't see that over hitting. Ah, that's 42.5 is it is low. It is kind of low. That's seven like that's six touchdowns plus a field goal and that'll break that. But yeah, I don't see three touchdowns coming from each team. In this type of match in a divisional matchup like this, I don't see three touchdowns. If it touchdowns was in Washington, I would be inclined to agree with you, but because they are in Dallas on that track field, I think that more busted plays get made in this game then and that's typically what leads to overs there is long big plays that you can't account for and like i said with trevon diggs and 
Dallas doesn't have anybody on the other side to stop CD Lamb and Noah Brown shout out the way he's been playing. Washington. Like Noah Brown. I I him and C D because Noah Brown rocks eighty five. Oh, I they look so because similar. I have C D in the league. Every time Noah Brown catches the ball, I get pumped and then he stands up and I'm like, fuck. Like so, but they I, look like twins, bro. They, bro like, I said, so I said that during the game to Austin during the game. That I was like, oh, CD. Oh my god, no, that was oh man, that was <laughs> Noah. Oh Noah shit, Brown, and he is a deep sleeper. If you're in a big league with twelve teams, gotta like, pick him up. Just, gotta pick him up. He's the need. favorite target. Until CD finally had a game. Well, Gallup's actually likely coming back this week, but I would yeah, still, exactly. I still like him Keep if he's. If he's been, you know, working with Cooper uh, in like the practice, they've been practicing together for a while. He's they've already got chemistry. The for years, that's bro, a big so. thing. It yeah, is. That is. That huge. is absolutely. So, go, starting off with our uh, late games with the four o'clock window, uh, we got the Arizona Cardinals going into Carolina, taking on the Baker Mayfield Panthers. The Panthers, shockingly to me, are favorited in this game at minus 1.5 at home. I don't like the Panthers in this game at all. The Panthers have a good defense. J.C. Horn has been playing like a top five cornerback, which I love to see. Loved him coming out of college and him being hurt last year and being out for the whole year. Absolutely, you know, set his clock back a little bit. But I about to say, it does feel like he's a rookie. The bro has just hit the ground running this year, and man, it's he is balling on that defense for the Panthers. I just, man, I, if Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury go into Carolina and lose to Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule, there's going to be some shit going on in that that locker room, those offices. Some somebody's ears getting fucking reamed out because there's no way. With the money that your coach and that your quarterback is making, you go into Carolina and lose that ball game. Like, I don't care if you're coming from Arizona to the East Coast. I don't give a shit about any of that. If you are supposed to be a top team like the Cardinals are supposed to be with the way they're paying their quarterback and their head coach, you absolutely should beat them. The one X factor and the reason I do think the Panthers are favored is because Christian McCaffrey and the way that defense has been playing and Kyler Murray has no weapon. Rondale Moore, don't know if he's coming back. Greg Dortch, shout out my guy. Back-to-back weeks of just absolutely balling and putting stats up on the stat sheet. After that, I mean, who is scaring you on that? but that Cardinals offense like at all there's a reason Kyler Murray's looking like a video game back there because he almost has to I couldn't agree with you more I don't understand the spread like I'm I'm so for the Cardinals like I want to put them money line on all my parlays I know they're gonna be the team that fucks me up but like that's this seems like I'm just baffled by this spread I can't understand it getting the Cardinals the the way the Cardinals have looked money line is wild versus the Panthers here who have they taken down? I know they've taken down the Raiders. Who else have they played? The Cardinals? Yeah. So the Cardinals played, yeah, they got the Raiders week two. That's when all the, you know, video game shit and all that popped off. And the Raiders we've seen are just not a good football team. The Cardinals only beat them by six and allowed 23 points. Then they take on the Rams last this past week and lose 20 to 12. 
Okay. Barely any points go up against a stout defense. Like I said, Panthers have a very stout defense. So looking more into it, I kind of understand why the spread is at where it's at right now. But again, the Rams are a different tier from the Carolina Panthers, a much bigger tier. So like, I understand. And you know, isn't that, that's a divisional matchup Rams Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. That's a divisional so, matchup. And uh, I mean, obviously the Rams, yeah, are a different tier. And But again, like, I don't know. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm going into this game completely confident. I'm hammering that plus money on the money line. And if we lose, I'm just going to be heartbroken twice. <laughs> like, that's just how far that's going. I mean, yeah. can the Cardinals really lose this game? Like, we've been talking about how can. the Panthers, like, what can. are they? The Panthers are the number five rushing offense and the number 32 passing offense. That is not okay. Like, that's not a team that can win a football game unless they go up right away. If McCaffrey doesn't rush for 150 yards, they lose this game. If they don't stop them from putting up 21 points, they lose this game. Like, I don't see a lot of ways where Carolina comes out victorious easily, at least. The Denver Broncos are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. And this kind of reminds me of the same game as the Carolina Panthers versus the Cardinals. The Vegas Raiders are minus 2.5 on the spread. And I just, I can't trust them yet. I, something about it, I just, I can't do it. The I trust. The over-unders at 45.5. So. I I trust the Raiders offense over the Broncos offense. A hundred percent. Now for an 0 and three team that Broncos to be favored defense. at home or for an 0 and three team to be favored at all over a two and one team in a divisional matchup. That's kind of shocking to me, but then again, the Raiders are at home. So them being favored by 2.5 tells me that this is more of an even matchup than what it's showing on the spreads here. I just what I've seen out of Denver, I don't trust them at all. I much, much trust Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller much more than I trust anything the way that Denver offense has been looking. And Hunter Renfro will be back this week. It was a concussion. He's out of concussion protocol at this point, so he'll be back was it in during the game that he got it last week, or was it before? It was the, the week before. Was, he missed last week. It was okay, uh, so that's why. That's it why was the game versus the Raiders. Matt Collins had the game. The, yeah, it was the game versus the Cardinals when he fumbled there at the end in overtime. He got the concussion on that hit. Yep. Okay. Now, Matt Collins might still have games. Like, I think that that's probably why Denver is going to lose this game. I mean, yes, I, I get what you're four. saying. If, if you know, we, As a Dolphins fan, like, we, we know what Matt – The guy was a superstar no, on special teams – and like one of those clutch guys for us, he put up his best career in a game deep last week. For sure, would have that guy on my team. Matt Collins is a special teams guy that is one of my favorite players in the league, and not even because he was necessarily a Dolphins fan. Like that's just how I know so much about him and stuff. But man, the guy plays with so much love and passion for the game, and just him going out and getting a hundred and forty receiving yards in a game, like with. 10 targets, eight receptions, like nothing made me happier like than to see him put up an elite stat line because the man's just, he's just a fucking awesome dude. I promise you a lot of people that are going to be listening to this don't even know who this man is. Matt Collins. 
The you know, fro. A lot. I think that mo- if you're not fro. a Dolphins fan, you probably never heard of him before. And yeah. last week he just popped up out of nowhere. He's six foot two to six foot four. He's a big guy. He's decently quick. He's got good hands. He's just not a superstar. He's never gonna win the whole game by himself. Last week he was a compliment to Devontae Adams, though, and look what he was capable of doing. We've got another good matchup for the 425 games. The final one is gonna be New England going to Green Bay. Uh they're giving Green Bay ten points, minus ten. Uh I guess they think that they're going to beat the shit out of New England, and it's probably what's going to happen. Uh, Green Bay did upset a lot of people last week whenever they beat Tampa Bay. I think that Tom Brady is incapable of scoring touchdowns. He's trying to break a record, most field goals in a season. It's like the only one he doesn't have, right? He like has all the other records. Pretty much, yeah. Like I think field goals are like the only. It, he might even have some kind of record out there for a field goal. Like I'm not sure, but he probably does. So, um, you know, forty point five over. Uh, Green Bay might put that up on their own. Not a, honestly, no. Green Bay's a way different team than they used to be. Uh, they're kind of turning into the Browns, but with a way better quarterback. It's a little bit scary because if they can really just like have an offense that just runs the ball really, really well and plays good defense, and then they also get these young receivers ready to make a couple plays in the fourth quarter, they're going to be kind of unstoppable. New England has no chance. Mac Jones is hurt. Um, he's doubtful at this point, but he's not going to play. It's a high ankle sprain. He might miss three or four weeks. He could have surgery. New England fans are in a place that they've never been before. The bottom. Well, enjoy it, bitches, because we've been tired of your ass for 20 years. Y'all can suck it. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> this is probably the safest game to bet on. I mean, I would put 10 grand, maybe 5 grand on Green Bay Packers money line, make a few hundred dollars, call it a day. That's I a think good that Sunday right there. That if is you why you it, don't have 10 damn, grand. You slit your throat. The reason you don't have ten grand is because if you I had got, it, you'd I put it on this game. Grand. I got fifty grand. Hey, don't, don't fuck with me, cause that tree fifty. That tree fifty. I, I don't think there's much more to say about this game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris are likely not going to be fantasy relevant for me. It, it's unfortunate. Um, I I would have liked for this to have been a better game, but it is what hey, it is. A hundred dollars on Green Bay money line wins you twenty bucks. Free so $20. Like, if you have $100, that's a free $20. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's just one of those games. You just fucking throw the house on and pray to God nothing happens. I mean, I got trust in my uh Hey, Aaron all Rogers. I'm saying, payday's Friday. <laughs> Going hey. into the primetime matchups here. Looking at Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes going into Tampa Bay to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Now, I don't think this game's going to end up being played in Tampa with the hurricane going on in Florida. There's been talks about them possibly moving it to uh, New Orleans or even Minnesota because both teams are in London this week. Um, The Chiefs Stadium. And they're both in uh, Stones. it's a home game for the Bucks, so they yeah you can't play it in give the Chiefs, the Chiefs exactly. It would have to be at least a neutral site. Uh, oh God forbid! <laughs> I I wouldn't be shocked to see it be more in New Orleans, just because 
geographically it's closer to Tampa Bay than Minnesota is by a mile, few miles actually. Uh, <laughs> over under forty five point five, which I feel is pretty accurate. That kind of sketches me out a little bit. I would take Kansas City in this matchup at the minus one point five. You get that at minus uh, one hundred and twelve odds. Man, that Tampa Bay offense has just been looking terrible. Like, How about Julio's that defense, hurt, though? Godwin's hurt, Edvins, Mike Evans will be back. So there's that. But that's all. You're going to throw to Mike Evans and Cole Beasley the whole game and try to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs? That's just not going to happen. Like, I point. easily, I think the Chiefs could win this game by 10 points on in prime time. Sure. I, I, I mean, mean, if Tom Brady just kicks field goals... They're gonna win by forty Ma- points. Like Mahomes under the lights is anti Kirk Cousins. Has he? The, no, no. He's he's, he's the upside down. down. He's gotten a Kirk touchdown, Cousins. Right? Yeah, he's the upside down Tom, Kirk. I think Tom, he's thrown like one or two. Okay, no. All right. So that was a joke earlier. Okay. I that would be <laughs> scary if he has legit not scored a touchdown. I'll look. I'll look. So somebody's got to have him on fantasy, right? No, nah, he's he scored unless it's just been handoffs to uh, Fournette for the end zone. I can't recall a touchdown pass for Tom Brady. I can't recall. So he, so uh, I'm talking receiver. way too much shit. He's actually got three touchdowns. He only has 673 yards, though. Uh, that's not very good. And then he has six rushing uh, attempts for minus four yards. That's why I'm Probably talking terrible. about. That's I mean, he's terrible. just so quick. <laughs> they call him Grease Lightning. Grease Lightning. He was the number one fantasy quarterback last year. What is going on? He's but like 47, we dude. We need Godwin back. Gronk's Honestly, Gronk's he needs there. Godwin. Godwin and Gronk. Gronk's not there. Godwin's not there. Julio's been banged up. Like, Julio in week one, if they had Evans, Julio, and Godwin, they'd be lighting it up. And I have absolutely no doubt about that. But they are just struggling yeah. right now. The offensive line also has just been dealing with injury after injury after injury. And so Brady's having to play behind a makeshift offensive line. And Isn't the only healthy guy they have Tristan Wirfs at this point or something? Like they've lost their I'm left tackle sure center. He's even, he's even gotten hurt, I think, and went, had to go out for a few quarters or a, missed a game or something like that. Like they're just their offensive line. Their center retired in the offseason. Then their backup center ended up getting uh, hurt and went out for the year. And then the game that their third string center replaced him in, he got hurt. Now, I think he's back, so they're fine, but, I mean, shit, dude. Like, they just cannot stay healthy on the offensive line this year, and it's just a bug that's bitten them these first few weeks. It's a it's a good late game, though. I mean, I wish that was the primetime game over the Los it Angeles is. Rams. It is. That's the San Sunday Francisco night game. 49ers. You prefer it to be the Monday night game instead of the Sunday Cut that. Night. Cut that. Cut that completely. My bad. No, cut that. Dude, we're leaving it in. I'm leaving all this. No, I'm leaving all this. No, no, cut that shit. Every bit of this. Every no. Keep going. I'm leaving every bit of this in. Bro, got it. Timestamp. See the panic on your face right now. Timestamp, dude. I fucked up. So Monday, Monday night, Monday night. We got the Los Angeles Rams. Listen to this. Listen to this. Going into the San Francisco 49ers. All right, it's not like it's that far. It's not like it's that much of a home field advantage, right? Just but a half hour drive. Just a half hour drive. But yet they're plus 2.5. The fucking Super Bowl champs are plus 2.5 against Jimmy 
fucking grew up. Uh, uh, bro, can can y'all fathom this? Can y'all fathom this? Please tell me. They got Super Bowl MVP. Why are the Rams underdogs against the fucking 49ers? The way the 49ers have been playing the Rams lately during the Sean McVay era. Now, I'm with you. Like, it, the Rams should not be underdogs in this game. It's, it's unreal. But it Put all my money on it. Completely, just because the 49ers and Shanahan have typically been playing McVay and the Rams pretty tight in that division there. The over-under is at 42.5. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's a divisional matchup. I, I feel like the, it's the defense. It's got to be. I mean... Matt Stafford hasn't looked good, right? Like, can we agree? Like the, Rams the Rams have a better defense. The Rams haven't looked good, though. Like, and San Fran is San Fran, and they've got they Jimmy Garoppolo now. They but great. Who did they let barely beat way. last week? Was hey, that Atlanta, or was that the week you, before? Austin. The 49ers and their last eight meetings versus the Rams since 2018 are 6-2. and two. Fucking gave it to me. 6-2. and two. I mean, with, with those stats... I mean, we're we're last we're season, a betting last season. We're betting guys. The Niners I, I want to bet on those numbers. Bound for a win. The Niners That's bound in for a January, fucking win. In January, en route to the Rams going to win the Super Bowl, the Niners beat the Rams twenty-seven to twenty-four. Also, last season in November, their first matchup, the 49ers beat the Rams thirty-one to ten. Let me put it this way to you. In their last six matchups, the 49ers are 6-0 and versus Sean McVay and the Rams. The Rams haven't beat the 49ers in three seasons. You've said a lot, and all I've heard is that it sounds like the Rams are bound to win this one. I mean, they're all, due. everything's – they're, yeah, due. they're due. Like, they're everything's due. just adding up to the Rams are going to win. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you agree with us on this. They're due. They're due. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. Rams by a million. So I, those are going to be two great, uh, you know, end-of-the-week matchups. Uh, I'm excited for Monday night. It's a nice California game. Sut is unfortunately getting hit with a big hurricane, but he did send us in his DFS picks of the week. Uh, we're going to tweet him yeah. out later as well so that you guys can pick up these and get some easy dubs. Uh, but he's taking Jalen Hurts. He thinks um, Hurts is going to light the Jags up, that their fairy tale run is going to end on him rushing for probably 100, 150, uh, you know, 200 yards, bunch of touchdowns. Um, it should be a bit of a shootout type of a game, the way that the Jags have been playing, so we really like Jalen Hurts to do really well. Uh, for running backs, we're going to go Jamal Williams for Detroit and Khalil Herbert for Chicago. Uh, both of them are going to be getting RB1 workloads this week. Great value for their current price evaluation uh, just because of how much work they're going to be getting. They're basically just above like the running back to um, price. And then we're going Amari Cooper and... Uh, Devonta Smith for our wide receivers. I like that. Uh, we're going to be going Dorch. and Greg Dorch uh, as well. So Greg oh Dorch God, had a great game, that's, great that's game last week. So he's obviously valued really, really high. Uh, not too crazy of a matchup uh, for him and Amari. So it should be pretty easy. 
And then uh, we're going to be taking Dallas Goddard to double him up with Jalen Hurts. Even if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's going to get a lot of value because of how much he catches, how many yards he gets. And he's basically the the, the security blanket to Jalen Hurts uh, whenever he's on the run, which is all the time. And uh, we're going to be going Steelers defense for our defense, and that's going to close us out. We still have a remaining $540, so we're making sure that we're going to be going for those big wins. Nobody else is going to have this uh, exact same layout in the way that we do right here. PFP parlay of the PFP. week. So for our PFP parlay of the week, we have five teams on our slate. We got first up the Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Philadelphia Eagles, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Green Bay Packers. Now, is there anybody on that slate that you guys think that we should take off? Maybe put in another team. All right, I, so I've I've built one over here onto the side. I agree with you on the Chargers. Yeah. I agree with you on the Packers. Okay. Uh, did you say the Eagles? Yeah. Yes, I have okay. the Eagles. I, I agree with you on the Eagles. Hey, the fly, only Eagles, two fly. I have different Raiders. is I have the Lions over the Seahawks. I'm not touching I like the that one. Raiders. I like I that Lions one except for those injury aspects. I'm I'm I still I'm just like Jamal taking Williams. in that injury aspect. I still aspects. like Jamal Williams in that offensive line and Jared Goff is playing really solid. Dan Campbell. And Dan for Campbell. my fifth game, I picked the Chiefs over the Bucks because like I said, I don't Oof, think that Bucks that's a tough one. can keep up with that Chiefs offense. You I know, don't those mind five the pick. teams, ten dollars wins you fifty two bucks. You go have a nice night hey, out. So ten dollars, eh? Fifty two, mine wins fifty eight. Oh, so we got six dollars more. You're getting McDonald's at the end of the night, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Couple, couple McGang bangs for the boys. Yes, sir, for the boys. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I I think that uh, Los Angeles What's has given me a little bit of uh, They're scaring you. A, a, a scare. Scaring I mean, you think they come out it's after Houston. And put it's up Houston. Dud? It's Houston. I get it. It's Houston. But they got David Mills. They got Brandon Cooks. They got football players. Damian Pierce looked good last week. I just I'm afraid to like trust Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the only other one is Philly and Jacksonville, man, for the same reason. Like I'm confident Philly wins this, and like we're putting in Jalen Hurts for our DFS of the week, but Philly could lose, and like it would suck for that one to be the one. So if you're only gonna do two or three, maybe I would keep those out. Uh, Las Vegas over Denver is another bit of a trap one. Uh, Green Bay, New England is an obvious. Like, that one's going to happen. Detroit, Seattle, I like a lot. Um, those are the ones I hey, like, though. Listen, listen to this. I got a four-teamer for you. It's the four underdogs that I think will win their games. We got the Miami Dolphins, the Tennessee Titans, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. $10 is winning you $277. These teams, I think, are being like over undervalued, overvalued. Are you taking They're them the points underdogs. there, or is that money? Just just straight money lines. We could be safer and just go straight spreads, and that would bring you to a whopping. I, I like mean, that. I like that underdog parlay a lot. I don't know what's happening. So who'd you oh, have? You had Dolphins, one. Titans, Cardinals. Cardinals and, and Rams. Rams. Yes, sir. So if you want to just take their spreads, ten dollars gets you one twenty nine. I mean, I would I'd fucking hammer that. Throw ten I, bucks out there. I like that a lot. Honestly, like those four teams should be winning. I mean, PFC it sucks underdog to have, parlay of the week. It would 
It should it should be. It would suck to have it end on Thursday with the Dolphins, but I think they get that job done based you know off what? what we've seen. Three and O Dolphins. I Come think on because now. Because of the the trip the PFP boys are taking to Thursday night football, we need to have the Dolphins or the we need to have that game in there. Yeah, I like it. Hammer. Damn. All well, right, Austin. So that that so seems like that's proprietary. Confirm, Maybe we'll cut that part out. Just to confirm, we've got the on the parlay. We've got the Miami Dolphins, the Tennessee Titans, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. You either take their money lines, you take their spreads. Either way, you're winning a cool, cool set of bills coming in your pocket there. And hey, I, I like money, that underdog baby. parlay a lot. Easy money. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you guys enjoyed. You can follow us over there on the Twitter thing. You got me at Austin underscore PFP. Justin at, at PFP. Justin underscore at PFP. Justin underscore PFP. And then you got Coach at, at Coach underscore PFP. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for next week. Peace out. Thank you.